0: Put like an apple on the head and throw it? Well,
1: if you want me to do that to you. (laughs) To you. (laughs) We can. I you're I mean, you're that good to do something like that?
2: Well, um this weekend, uh my niece held her hand out like this with a handful of bubbles, and I lit the bubbles in her hand. And the stack was about like that, so kinda.
1: Crazy.
0: So you got
2: some talent. I don't know about an apple on the head though. I I wouldn't recommend that. How about an
0: apple on the hand? We could
2: do that because I got a suture kit too, you know?
1: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fix the head. Yeah. Am I hot? I feel, I feel like I sound a little different.
0: Maybe your headphones are higher.
1: So for the viewers and listeners, uh, could you, um, introduce yourself and kind of, kind of tell us what, what you do. Uh, we kind of brought you on, uh, cause you're, you're very interesting. So oh, if, if you, you would,
2: thank you. Hey, my name's Brett Baker and I'm um, from creepy hollow haunted house and, uh, I've been doing the Haunted House thing for 20 years, and uh, we're getting a lot of good recognition these days. Uh, um, being part of the Haunted House is a series of passions. So my passions include uh, special effects, makeup, animation, um, you know, scenic design, uh, actor training. But the, the main thing that I do now is, uh, is freak show. So uh, I'm a freak show clown and i'm just following that passion right now our, our whole family out at creepy hollow is a is a crew of people following passions and reaching self-actualization you know exploring who they are and expressing themselves in a very definite way hmm. and so uh yeah so i perform in the freak show my favorite things to do are uh knife throwing and fire
1: performance i always knew there's something more to uh creepy creepy hollow uh I mean, I live right by it. I've I've ran by it at night and got a little scared running by it because it's exactly that. It's creepy. Um, but there's more to it. I mean, you're kind of open year round doing doing things, and uh, it's is, is it Halloween in your head all day or or what is it?
2: Yeah, the uh, you know, Halloween is the origin of it, but the whole uh, the whole thing kind of grows on you. It's a lifestyle. Um, so yeah, we're open. Every Halloween season from late September through the first weekend in November, um, every Friday the 13th, we've done some Valentine's days days that went pretty good. We kind of had to kank that during the uh, pandemic because we put the couples in a tight space and feed them and, you know, those (laughs) rules got a little rough. But, uh, yeah, so there's a Friday the 13th coming up, actually, uh, the 13th of this month. Oh, wow. So, on a Friday the 13th, we're open Friday and Saturday. So, it's a really great chance to get the team back together and play. And, and, and also people who do what we do, um, that don't open for Friday the 13th, it gives them a chance to come see another haunted house, you know? Um, so it gives us a chance for the true enthusiasts that, that, uh, really love it and, uh, to, to get a chance to see someone else.
1: I like how you do multiple days. It's, um, you know, somehow, somehow, um, Haunted houses just stick to the the Halloween. I like the uh, I like how it's like. Is it like Bloody Valentine? Is that kind of the theme of Valentine?
2: Yeah, I would say like a creepy Valentine. Yeah, uh, but we've done bloody. We've done uh, a lot of different ways of looking at it.
0: It seems like y'all are open. A lot, though. I see a lot of cars there. Do y'all have, like, well, see, private events and stuff?
2: Right. So um, our staff gets together, and uh, uh, we're a big family. So there's maybe 150 of us a night when we're open. Yeah. And, uh, um, and we like each other, and we like to hang out. So we put on big parties for our staff. Like, we do crawfish boils, which you probably saw last weekend. Uh, we do a big party for, uh, you know, Fourth of July and... Um, we just throw several huge parties for our staff there, outside of, and then there's a lot of people who come and do uh, shoot movies and things like that. So you might see smaller crews there that are that are shooting uh, movies or rock videos, things like that.
0: Mm. weren't they looking for someone that that was escaping the police or the recently there was like a car chase and someone
2: no that's that's a really sad story if you're bringing up what i think there there was a uh there was a young girl Mm. uh, that was missing yes and they were trying to find her and the person that did it um his car was seen in the driveway to our place you know right in front of our parking lot and so that was reported so um, the police were trying to find that young girl's body so they Talked to us about it, and we said, "Yeah, we'll open everything up. You can come look." And they came, and they looked, and they and they were mainly checking the woods next to us, mm. uh, but we fully supported them to make sure they could find all that. It turned out that where that guy dumped the body was uh, in another state, so oh, wow. uh, he, he didn't dump it out there. But
0: uh, yeah, I've seen film crews we did out everything there before, we could and to help TV them. news out there before. So yeah, do y'all have like a chainsaw guy running around too? I'm, there might be uh, chainsaw. That's a
2: good idea. Mm. Yeah, chainsaw is a great idea.
0: (laughs) So I'm sure it's there.
1: Yeah, yeah, what is, uh, so is there anything that sets you aside from traditional uh, haunted houses? Like, what does your team look like? I mean, how many people are, like, working this thing?
2: Like I said, we have a staff that approaches, like, 150 people a night um, when we're open somewhere, 120, 150. Um, But that's doing everything. I mean, from the parking lot to, we have three different haunted houses. Um, we have the 288 Scare Factory, which is a mobile viral genetic research facility of Genesis Corporation, (laughs) located on the property to study the uh, ample population of feral hogs after we lost our permit in that unfortunate incident for working on human test subjects. But uh, then uh, we got got it all cleaned up. Uh, There's been a little industrial accident. We got it cleaned up. We think it's safe for you to come through on the tour. It's basically ground zero of the zombie apocalypse, you know, Think um, Resident Evil meets Lost. Mm -hmm. Not either one of those things, but inspired, you know.
1: Wow, there's a a lot of thought put
2: into that. Decomposition of, you know. So that's one of them, right? That's the 288 Scare Factory. Now, that's our oldest haunted house, and it actually is a mobile facility. Uh, We've moved it from one location to another, and uh, we've even expanded it to be a two-story facility now. So, yeah, that's the 288 Scare Factory. Then we have Pitch Black. Pitch Black is a 3D clownscape uh, where you wear 3D glasses, and all the artwork in there is amazing. In and of itself, it'd be fun to go through just to look at the artwork, uh, but that's not all there is. Uh, there are inhabitants, obviously. Um. So, this was a uh, a, a troop of circus performers uh, that uh, were down on their luck, and uh, they they signed on for a study with New Genesis Corporation. Um, they did some modification to them for, you know, survival in dark environments and stuff. And they were, and they were studying cultophobia, uh, you know, the fear of clowns. And so, uh, but some things went a little wrong and they didn't really read the fine print in their contract. They're never leaving. <laughs> They're just kind of trapped in there.
1: <laughs> Are you coming up with these stories? Like, uh, these, uh, so this, is, this is, this is it. This is the thing, you know? Yeah. That's a very creative thing yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh,
2: and then we have the dark woods. The dark woods, um, when we first bought this property, right? Um, and by the way, the name Creepy Hollow didn't come until after we bought the property. We were there and we felt the feel that it was just like, just like a creepy place in the middle of nowhere. Just where you felt like you could really disappear Well, it turns out all up and down this road, there's vagrants, you know this, right? Mm -hmm. And they, and they live off the grid and they'll just like take junk and build a house and they can tie into the power on a power line. Well, this particular group of vagrants in this area, you know, they, they kind of had a hard time making it, finding stuff to eat and, you know, um, every now and then people would turn and drive down this road, you know, just to check it out, curiosity really. And they would disappear. So they would pretty much take their, uh, take the people, eat them, um, strip down their car, sell the parts. And, um, you know, and so they started off not very nice in the first place, but when the scare factory was located on the property, Nuva Genesis Corporation, they hired the caretaker who was the father of this, um, group of people out in the woods and, uh, and and they gave him the job of of you know cleanup and disposal of uh biocontaminants well he didn't have a real strong work ethic and he dumped most of it in the woods vis-a-vis the animals ate it vis-a-vis the people out there cuz they eat the possums and the cats and you know the people and whatever they can get a hold of and it just started to twist them in a in a dark and demented way they didn't go full on zombie but they they became a little bit different kind of uh hillbilly you know cannibal
1: family You're scaring the shit out of me
0: <laughs> do you work with movies
2: um so do, do you do we, you like yeah we've done we've done some movies out at creepy hollow uh we do a lot of rock videos uh we were part of a production of a star wars movie uh, now this was a fan film so we met these guys at, at comic palooza here in uh houston and uh, that's the one in houston right comic palooza
1: i'm not sure Sounds right.
0: Yeah. So, um
2: and uh um yeah, so they were making a Star Wars movie and we we were making it out there. They they didn't get to finish their production though, but it was pretty cool. It's called Lost Horizons. I played a uh, a Sith Lord in that, uh that used a lightsaber uh that was on a long rope, called a rope dart. I don't know if you've ever seen a rope dart. Uh, you play Mortal Kombat and oh. Scorpion shoots that thing mm. and then he says, "Get over here." Right. Well, I, I'm a, a Kung Fu artist. So, uh, fifth degree black belt in Kung Fu. And so, um, anyway, I confuse my fire show with martial arts. It makes me really happy. So rope dart is one of my passions. And so I was a rope dart wielding Sith Lord, uh, I wish the movie would have came out because it was awesome. It was a lot of fun to make, but they didn't finish
0: it. Are you helping them do makeup and yeah, creative so design so yeah, and all yeah, that? yeah.
2: So I, I did. Uh, I, we did makeup. So we made some uh, Zabarak's, which is what uh, um, uh, Darth Maul was with the with the horns on the head, and we created a really cool Zabarak for this uh, for them. And then my character, he was a Zabarak too. I I made my own uh, custom sculpt and and created in in uh, a two part silicone um you know my whole head head headpiece and everything for that character
1: wow you do silicone and all that yeah yeah wow Uh i like to see some of that work do you have some of that work
2: i can show you that do you have
1: it where i'm working where where can people find some of that stuff
2: um we just just in images of stuff that we do yeah
1: do you have you ever worked with like the the college for their theater and anything like that
2: yep we've uh you know i've taken classes uh with the theater, um, with their uh, life casting class when they were doing stuff. And, uh, we helped the, um, we help the high school. Stu- in fact, we have a lot of high school students that, uh, um, that we work with their programs.
1: Hmm. Yep. There's a lot of, uh, clown influence. Is there any, uh, insane clown posse influence in there?
2: So, um, I'm a sideshow clown. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't always the case. And, uh, That happened because I was inspired by just a crazy, awesome mother trucker. Uh, His name is Scabs the Clown, and uh, uh, he's a performer here in the Houston area. He does uh, shows all over the place all the time, all year round. But he happens to be the head of the Creepy Hollow Freak Show. So uh, I'm an owner out there, but I'm his apprentice, uh, and he's my sideshow master, uh, Scabs the Clown. So, yeah, Scabs eats fire. He Walks on glass and you know juggles sharp, pointy objects, and it's just generally uh, uh, disgusting and impressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like the definition of a clown is way different in your eyes. I mean, what does it take? What do you so, in order to be a journeyman of a I, of a clown? Okay. What do you What do you got? What so, do you have to have?
2: So um, the the caveat here is that uh, is that he's a sideshow performer. And so um, I'm learning from him how to do sideshow, which is different than being a regular clown. And I love classic clowning. Just, uh, you know, so the idea of a clown is that uh, there's did you know there's a whole philosophy to clowning?
1: No, I need to know this now. Okay, so
2: so the idea of clown theory, okay, is that there's a problem and then you have to solve the problem but you're not going to solve the problem the way that a normal person does. You're going to solve the problem in an atypical way. So instead of sitting directly down in the chair, maybe you walk around the chair, maybe you fall over the back of the chair with your feet up, you know, maybe you get in the chair with your knees, but you're not going to do what the normal person does to solve the problem. As a result of the way you solve the problem, now you're going to have to solve another problem. And then there are skills that are involved, uh, that often have to do with juggling and prestidigitation and different stuff like that. You know, uh, And so then you can use clowning skills to solve your problem, uh, and it creates for an interesting, you know, show. And then it's just physical uh, comedy, and uh, it's been around a long time, and it's a classic art form. So I love, love, love actual clowning.
0: Did did that come from jesters like back in the day is that a form so yeah
2: so the court jesters uh were some of the most powerful people in the court because they were some of the only people who could say that the emperor had no clothes on mm-hmm. and so yeah then it goes way back
1: that goes into that whole rogan uh, clowns have been around a long time being that comedians should still have full range to, to say what they because they were absolutely able to, yeah. they should
2: absolutely they should nobody should be shutting down dave Chappelle, right i love dave Chappelle.
0: What's your, uh, Oh, thought that was duty Max. calls, booty calls or duty calls.
2: It's Aurora, Ohio. They're trying to, uh, get my Medicare,
0: trying to find a clown. Don't don't let them do that to you.
2: Yeah. They're trying to put me on Medicare.
0: What's your like, favorite horror movie that inspired all this? I guess when like growing up, what you got know, you into this? I'm actually a comedy and action guy myself. Uh,
2: my, <laughs> my,
1: you know, <laughs> never watched scary movies. Yeah. you know, I'm not really a horror guy. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I'm a comedy and action guy myself, but, uh, you know, once I started, so what got me started doing this was, um, uh, my wife made me decorate my yard and kind of when I do things, I go a little bit overboard. So, um, next thing you know, there's a corpse hanging from the front tree and I'm jumping out of the bushes with a chainsaw dressed as a werewolf and you know, <laughs> it's trick or treaters running left and right. And it was fun when the teenagers came around. Okay. But I didn't really want to traumatize too many power Rangers and pixie fairies. So I was like, Hey, uh, I need more teenagers. Where can I find more teenagers? So uh, I started doing it for the city of Lake Jackson uh, for free and just giving the money to charity. And we still raise money for charity today. Um, it's not all just charity. Uh, it's a for-profit business. We give a portion of our proceeds to charity now. Because you can't work on something year-round, own the property, and, and put this much time into it without it, you know, uh, having some kind of personal interest in it. But, yeah, it's a, we still donate a lot of money to charity. That's so. great, man. Our goal is someday to be able to make $50,000 a
0: year for charity. We
2: still haven't gotten to that, but we're in the 40s. Wow. For th- in the last year
0: so. What yeah. charity do, do y'all support, or is it always something different? Yeah, so
2: there's a whole panel of charities. Uh, um, so we like worthy local charities and so uh, that are lean. So there's a home-delivered meals out of Freeport, and it's entirely run by volunteers. Those volunteers... Um, pick up the food. Uh, they take it to the people's homes. They use their gas. They use their little heater bags to do it. Um, if the people can't afford the food, uh, then, then they can give it to them. And that's what our money goes to, to buy food for people who can't get out of their house. Wow. Okay. If they can't afford it, but they're still kind of need some help, they can get it on a sliding scale and some people can afford it. And then, you know, uh, That's not even what happens with them. It's a really good charity. So the board of directors, the volunteers, nobody takes any money from that. All the money that we give them goes directly to food. The food's prepared by the hospital for free in Brazosport.
1: It sounds like you're uh, pretty passionate about that. Have you always been into charity work or did someone inspire you?
2: So I was uh, heavy into my Kung Fu school when I did the first Haunted Houses And we had a fundraiser for St. Jude's. And St. Jude's is on the eastern seaboard. And everything we raised went to the eastern seaboard. And there was a guy in town called uh, Frank Grady. He's not here anymore. Very successful ophthalmologist. And Frank told me, he said, uh, you know, I'll support your uh, activity whenever you're supporting local charity. Because, you know, you want someone you know to benefit from it. So that's he's the one who got me on the Worthy Local Charity thing. And uh, the first charity we did with the Haunted House was the Brazoria County Youth Home. And everything that I made at the rec center in a big pile of cash, I handed directly to the youth home. Uh, You know, we never 100 percent. Here's your here's your pile of cash that came in from it. And Mm. that's just what we did. Um, And we did that for years. Um, The youth home ended up changing management and and some things changed about the way it was going there. Um, We still like to help the kids whenever we get a chance.
1: So awesome! I like that.
2: It's great, man.
0: Uh, the the That food pantry it's it's a food pantry too, right? People can go to. Okay, it?
2: so there's food pantries. So there's several food pantries in the area, and uh, and we support several food pantries in the area with contributions as well.
0: I know there's one out of uh, Freeport that a bunch of people from Dow are on the board of, mm-hmm. and, and is that the same one or is that? Yeah. Different?
2: Well, there's 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 uh, some in Freeport, some in Lake Jackson. There's three. I think there's three that we that uh, we contribute to that's awesome dude yeah
0: i had no idea that you were involved
2: in that yeah well the one the one in Clute is really cool because uh, they actually have a garden and people volunteer in their garden and they grow fresh vegetables so they like literally have fresh grown vegetables by the pantry that they're giving to the people wow. so that's that's a really cool mission that they have
1: no way There's all kinds of stuff to get involved in yeah how do you get involved in stuff like that
2: um well cool. it depends on which you know what you want to do so i but that's a brilliant segue um, as part of the Haunted House. And a big portion of, of what we've done with the Haunted House have we've as we've been growing is we work with the Lions Club International. So I'm, I'm a lion. I joined the Lions Club. Uh, the Lions worked with us on the Haunted House, and I was impressed with them. So I supported them by joining their club. Lake Jackson Lions Club is, is our Lions Club that we're associated with. And there's a lot of volunteer opportunities that way. And, in fact, today we're building a, a – a ramp for uh, a handicap ramp. And so people who can't get in and out of their house and they can't afford, you know, to get their own, you know, contractors come in and build them a ramp. uh, We come in as a crew and uh, build, you know, build them a ramp. Uh Is Uh, that this particular project is a, uh, is a, uh, a a group of uh, Christian construction workers that are doing it. They helped us on one of, on a few of our ramps, really good guys. And so we're coming to help them on this one.
1: I always, have you heard of the Lions club? I was going to, that was my next question. I always see signs and I see stickers on the back of cars, but I have no clue. My, my parents used to own a restaurant
0: when I was growing up and the Lions club members would always meet there every Sunday after church and, and have a meeting. I never knew like what was their mission, what they do. So
2: lions club international is the world's largest service organization. So what we do is we serve the community uh, in ways that we can help. Now, um, we have some specific missions like vision, uh, Helen Keller task lions to be, you know, um, knights in the battle against blindness. Um, anytime there's a, a corneal lens, eye bank, um, usually the lions had something to do with creating it and help support it. You know, they're also run by university institutions and stuff. So we're big into that. Um, glasses, uh, we give eyeglasses to, uh, uh school children, and, and also other people that need glasses. So uh, Crystal Crafters is another really great organization that we work with. Um, the money that we give them is so efficiently uh, goes into glasses for people that need them. Uh, they make them all themselves. They're um, with, the, with the, uh, the equipment. They have an ophthalmologist. They do eye exams with Dr. Pruitt. It's a wonderful organization. And so before we worked with Crystal Crafters, it would cost us about $350 to get one person glasses and with the fundraisers we had back then before we were doing the haunted house stuff, you know, we'd, we'd hammer out about six pairs of glasses in a year. Now uh, we have a much more uh, money in our coffer to help. And, uh, and it only costs us about 20 or 30 bucks because of the work that crystal crafter does. So we buy them equipment to keep them functioning. We help pay their rent from time to time to help keep them running. To support other organizations that believe, you know, what we believe, this mission of, of vision. Also, we have these uh, eye testers machines, like it's a machine, Then you're like, hey, kid, look into the light. Look into the light, Carol
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why Why am I looking into the light, Mommy? So we can tell you need glasses. Okay, next kid, right? So, uh, yeah, So the, and, and we have lines that actually go to schools and uh, screen large numbers of kids. Strange thing usually they find about 20 or 30% of kids that need glasses that didn't know it. And, oh, okay. and it helps them, you know, like to do better in school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think there's so much emphasis on eyeglasses eye
2: vision? I think we just, uh, uh, I think Helen Keller just impacted oh, us okay, yeah. on, on, and, and really made us feel it. You know, sometimes there's someone that's really influential that, that, uh, changes the world with the way they do things. And I, th- I think that really affected lions. So, um, um, yeah, so we have several missions like that, that we do.
1: Are, are lions, uh, associated at all with like ma- Masons. Are they so, like come up at the uh, same uh, time. Now?
2: No, the Masons is another, uh, club. This is fraternal order of Masons. They have a whole society can't, behind what they do. I would tell that. you about it, but, uh, I don't know about it. So, yeah. uh, you're not yeah. in it. I knew. I know in they in do like yeah.
1: charity work too,
2: though. Yeah, they do. Um, and then there's also uh, there's a lot of different clubs too.
0: Yeah. I never understood that. And if they're like you told me what Lions Club is, you're what the organization does, but you talk to a, a Freemason, they can't tell you what they do. Yeah, they well, can't talk about it. I guess that's. But what I, I
2: can tell you that that they have to study a lot. Like they there's they have to study the entire history of the Mason organization. There's a there's a lot that they learn uh, to get that honor, and there's a lot of Powerful, influential people that are part of that
1: organization. Yeah, yeah. I've heard there's like, yeah, you get knighted too. I feel like you mentioned knighting too. Is that? Did you not mention that too? Uh, uh, no,
2: I used to fight in plate armor uh, in the society for <laughs> well, that works. And sure. <laughs> well, That works. Sure, that works. I wasn't even a squire or or a knight. But you know, my favorite knighting that just happened. Um, I don't know if we can segue there in this. Is uh, Vladimir Zelensky?
1: <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see that? Yep.
2: He spoke to the British parliament and they, you know, and they basically said, if you live through this, we want you to come here and we're going to knight you. I'm getting a damn tear.
0: Yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I
2: sent you that, that film is, uh, you know, really been impacted by just my, my love of my life. She's Ukrainian and, uh, we've just been watching this all so closely and also I'm a combat medic. So I was in the Navy, and, uh, I, I was a combat medic there, a paramedic, you know, for the city of Lake Jackson for a while. And I'm a, I work in orthopedic surgeries, my day job, I won't say for what company. So it's not associated, uh, you know, with my other activities, but, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, th- so this whole Ukraine situation, I, I did an art piece, um, and, uh, Part of what we do in the freak show, uh, I, I do the knife throwing and we do other stuff, human blockhead, all kinds of different classic sideshow acts. Um, but, but I'm into the fire performance and there's an event that I just went to last week and it's called flow storm happens once a year, uh, where flow artists from all over the country, you know, come together and train. And it's almost, it was so well orchestrated. It, it's almost like a huge corporate event, uh, uh but with a really tight family, um, Vibe to it, uh, so that there's six different tracks of classes uh, going on over nine hours over three days, uh, uh, and so um, I've been going to that. This is uh, this was my fourth year, and I've always wanted to perform in the floatcase which is a showcase they put on, uh, and I finally got to do it uh, this weekend. And uh, I did my I did my knife throwing act. I did it with my niece. Bastet is her uh, performing name. And, uh, the knife throwing part went well, but then since it's a fire group, I forged it into a fire act. So she had a, she had her hand out and I threw a knife and lit, um, some, uh, bubbles infused with propane in her hand and her hand catches fire. And, you know, she works it out. And then she took a balloon the size of her head and it was next to her head. And, uh, so she had to wear a hood that was made of cotton, uh, uh so that in case it caught fire, it wouldn't melt to her flesh and it, and we pulled that to the front and she's got her head right there and I threw the knife and it flies through the air and right before it hits to the balloon she drops to the ground it hits the balloon and it explodes and it goes down and just touches the top of her head as it spreads out in a little fire cloud yeah so then it's Golly. Like, yeah so then the next thing we did was we took the same size balloon and we put it in her mouth it's called the sideshow kiss she put that balloon right in her sweet little clown lips She put them right up there on the board, and I lit the knife, and I threw the knife, and it flies through the air, and it hits the board, and it sticks, but it didn't hit the balloon. It was just right next to the balloon, then she took the balloon, and she kissed the blade, and when she did, the balloon exploded, and glitter dropped down. Were you trying to hit the balloon? I was, but she, <laughs> uh, normally, so normally when I do this. When I'm on. I'm, no, no, normally <laughs> normally when I do this, it's a series of knife throws. So it's one, two, three, four. You walk it over and you just catch the tip of the balloon. Mm. She wasn't all the way, you know, on the board because the whole thing's a little nerve wracking. Uh, but it worked out well because when she touched the the flaming blade to the balloon, then the thing happened. And that's another way you can do a uh, fire balloon. Um, when it's lit is you can indirectly explode the balloon. Like like I can throw the knife below the balloon. And then there's a dramatic pause as the blade is licking the balloon. And then, (laughs) it's like a delay, right? Yeah. I can throw the knife over the balloon, stuck on the board. It's there. Oh, then I take another knife. I pop the balloon, fireball. So there's different indirect ways you can do it.
0: You're legitimately throwing the knives. The knives are not connected to any kind of.
2: No, this is not the magician uh, that that, uh, that pops out of the board. <laughs> uh, I'm the magician, and I'm gonna show you how magic tricks work. I I if you look in the back, there's a guy with a with a rubber <laughs> band. There's a slot, you see, and you take the knife and you palm it and you stick it in your cloak, and then something pops out of the back of the board. No, you can see it flying through the air. You can see it stick. And every now and then they don't stick and they hit the ground and they make a clanging sound. And that's how you know it's not coming out of the back
0: of the Are you making these knives homemade or are you buying them? No, I use a cold steel
2: uh, SureFlight Sport. And uh, uh, one of these days I'm going to get sponsored by them because I keep telling everybody that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening. Yeah, Cold Steel. Yeah.
2: Where's my sponsorship?
1: They're pretty solid knives, kind of like at Renfest. Uh, yeah, like- well,
2: okay, so it is uh, 12 inches of 1055 case-hardened steel.
1: Wow. And you know how is? old is your assistant?
2: So my niece uh, is, I think she's 24.
1: Oh man, I th- I was imagine this like little like fourteen year old girl. Like man, yeah. she's really brave. <laughs>
2: she, but she is really brave. Yeah, and she's just one of the greatest people ever. So she's she has a trust you. She has the sweetest heart. Of course, she does. Yeah, nobody's your target girl that doesn't trust you.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had a uh-oh? Yep. <laughs> uh oh?
2: You know, um, I've never hit somebody directly with a knife. But what can happen is uh, that if the knife doesn't stick, it can bounce, and you can get side slapped. And those suck.
1: Mm. The stick, or they just slap you.
2: So if it hits the ground, if it hits the board, and then it bounces back, it can the side of the blade can touch you. uh, You know, can it can give you a little smack.
1: The side of the blade shouldn't be real sharp. It's more the point, right? No,
2: but uh, if, let me take something made out of steel and smack you with it, and see what you think about that. I was going to ask you that after yeah, the show. Yeah, so that's the risk. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, that's a you know the other thing is a risk. It could happen anytime you see a life throw a, a live knife throwing act. That could be the day that someone gets stuck. It's it's always possible.
0: Is it a traditional knife and that it has a blade on it, or is it just a point? You know, you it's cut like a double. Is it double edged to a point?
2: Yeah, it's a double edge to a point. Mm, okay.
1: Yep. Well, I mean, do you do stars too? Do you I mean do you do all the I have the, stars. Yeah, so
2: when I was a teenager, I thought I was a ninja and you know, I'd jump up and grab the roof and climb and go running, jumping and I had throwing knives and throwing stars and that's what started me on the journey of throwing stuff. It's my t- teenage uh ninja fetish. Uh but but then uh um when I was older and then I had a family and my children were young, I wanted to carry on some of my traditions. So I got throwing knives in a big stump and I taught my children from the time they were very little how to throw knives. And so we were, we would, as a family, we'd go out on the patio and throw knives. And then one day, uh, I was at a big LARPing event, uh, a live action role play. It's just called a uh, spring war. And there's probably 400 people on a battlefield, you know, fighting and they had a sideshow come in and perform for them. Um, and the Sideshow Performer did a knife-throwing act, and I was like, hey, I could do that. Um, it's a lot harder than I thought just watching that. But I started training, and and with my experience from my youth and with my kids, uh, um, uh, I trained for a year, and then I still did not feel safe doing it. Um, and I told the person I was going to do it with, let's give it another year, and I trained for another year. And then we were like, I think we're ready to get started on this. Mm. So... Uh, I've been doing it for about five years now. The knife throwing
1: act—that's crazy. That—that's uh, why I asked you uh, in our messages if you ever went to re- Renaissance Festival because that's like right up your alley, and you oh, can yeah. like set up like a you know they set up the uh, what is it um, the campsites? It's the uh, you're part of a group What's a right, right. group called clan, so you you could set up like a clan and and have all that set up and put on your own little shows because. That's what they do out there. They oh, yeah. Fire shows all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So I I uh um I used to perform in the Renaissance Festival for the Society for Creative Anachronisms and I would fight on the mound in heavy armor and so I would go every weekend and then like I guess every hour we'd suit up and walk over there in our armor and fight. And that was uh and that was not staged fighting. That was those were that was just like watching a boxing, boxing match cuz they were actually real real fights in that we were fighting by rules and they were, they were real encounters. So, um, you know, you got hit in the leg, you lose your leg, you get hit in the arm, you lose your arm, you get hit in the head or the chest, then you lose your body and no one's going to call a light shot. So these are some pretty heavy, uh, clubs that were swinging and you come out of there with bruises and stuff. And, uh, um, it was a lot of fun.
0: That's pretty intense. Did you, that's the same as LARPing, right? So, Larping, uh, so it, you could consider it a form
2: of LARP, okay, but this is a more um, heavy form and more um, refined form. So, uh, but the larping that I was in at Spring War is called Amped Guard, okay, and there you have foam weapons. They have armor, but it's not the same. Like you can't, you can't fight the other stuff unless you have a steel helmet, at least sixteen gauge steel kneecaps, steel elbow caps a cup, uh, because otherwise, you, you know, You'd you're going get to get, hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. Did you win? Ah, uh, you know, in, in what in LARPing? Well, yeah. The one at Renaissance, uh, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure I won some stuff, but, uh, for the most part, I was just an unbelted fighter. I just love doing it. So, uh, people don't realize in those worlds that there are people that are actually extremely good at what they do. It's not just BS. I mean, like, so, uh, uh, there's a lot of fighters that are uh, not belted, and then there's knights, and then the knights choose squires, and even just the squires are just amazing, amazing fighters. Like one of those guys gets up, he'll take down thirteen people. Uh, you know they're, you know, and if and if it's a knight, you know they're, you know, they go, oh well, there's only one of him, and there's twenty of them, and they go, yeah, that's not fair.
1: <laughs> no way,
2: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, some of them so.
1: Uh, You're actually the third person I've met that has done that. And and so I don't know why I actually found out my realtor, uh, does, does it like, I was like, what the heck? uh, There's not many people that will go and uh, suit up and and go fight.
2: Yeah. So I could really understand like in the days of old when someone was a king by right in battle, um, but they, uh, they weren't all, there's, there's bloodline, you know, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, those, like, you, I mean, you always see in the movies, the, the, the guys that were kings or, or soon-to-be kings are always a badass at fighting, right? Well, I guess they were raised for it. Yeah. Yeah. You do
1: a lot of shit.
2: I do a lot of shit.
1: A lot. Like, I don't know how you have any time to do anything.
2: Uh, well, I've done different things at different eras, right?
1: Yeah. So. It sounds like you had a couple of lives you've, you've lived. Cause, I've lived several lives. Yeah. I, would, yeah
2: uh, um, I think you know my son, huh? Did y'all know my son? Is that how I got a hold of you?
1: Uh no.
2: Anyway. What was his uh,
1: name? Seth? I'll have to look him up.
2: Anyway. I might know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I was a soccer coach. I used to be a, a scuba master, scuba dive master, all kinds of stuff.
1: Jeez. <laughs> I did. Now I kinda understand the uh haunted ambulance though. Yeah. Because you did uh you did uh par- paramedics.
2: Right. That's one of the reasons. And, and also I was looking for the biggest thing to put a wrap job on. <laughs> oh, okay. So I found that, but the, but the, the ambulance speaks to me from my, you know, my medic history.
1: Yeah. And you drive that around just normal, normal time periods, right? Yeah. you' yeah. have seen it at the gas station. Yeah. I drive time.
2: it. I drive it as much as I can.
1: Yeah. You have to, do you have to dress up to drive it? Does, it's kind of.
2: No, uh-uh. you, you don't have to. No?
1: Not a prerequisite? No. Okay. It's like seeing Santa Claus, I think, right?
2: I know, yeah. People are like, hey, man, can I get some passes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> can I get some passes? Oh, please. Yeah. So with that, you know, the way the world is now, I imagine it's really hard for a haunted house, the way that everybody gets offended and wants to right. raise well, a fuss.
2: Right. So, uh, you know, now that you bring that up and you were talking about my truck, I, I, I did have someone get offended that affects some places I can take my truck. And... uh you know, it's one person getting an offense, and they don't even know what that truck represents. This truck represents an organization that, in the last year, raised forty-three thousand dollars for local charities. You know, yeah. and and they're like, "I don't like it because it's got a monster on it, and there's a clown, and that clown's making an ugly face."
1: <laughs>
2: I like those. I like those voices.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I but I don't. Like, even when you have the haunted houses, like, y'all are t- being too aggressive or... No, uh, once you're there, you're in our world.
2: Yeah? So, our, 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 we know we know how to behave in public. So, if you see us at a public event, we behave very well. Uh, we give them plenty of meds, you know, shoot <laughs> them up with the ketamine, whatever it takes to keep them
1: zoned out, you know. Yeah.
2: But, uh, but once you walk into our house, it's on like Donkey Kong.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I'm Sure, you have all kinds of people crying out of there, huh? Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. no you big ever,
0: deal. You ever had anyone like call the cops or file a complaint? Or got to, like you, man, okay. you got to. Okay,
2: so, um, I so I can let you in on this because it's not a thing that's happening anymore. Uh, so we've had multiple locations, right? So at first, I was with the uh, um, rec center in Lake Jackson, I did that for a few years, and then I came. And, uh, we were at a, at a, in a warehouse location and and we were in at this warehouse location. Um, we had an actress who was a very good actress and her and her boyfriend would just stand in line with the customers. And then as they went through, uh, uh, something would happen and her boyfriend would be taken like violently taken from the crowd. Um, and, but you know, he was one of ours, so we could violently take him. And, and he would disappear, and she would just be distraught. And then she would be talking to everybody about, where's my boyfriend? Oh, where's no. my I can't find my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, they took him. Where's my boyfriend? She was so effective at it that the county police were called, and the <laughs> county police showed up. Now, luckily, the whole time that we were building, they'd come by every, off, every so often and say, hey, what you guys doing? You know, Hey, come take a look. And So they pulled up, and I was like, okay, guys, I'm sorry that y'all got called, but here's the deal. I let him in on it and I was like, now, do you want to play? Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> so they came in, they came in, furthered the investigation, you know, for the crowd, and it was really good. I no thought, way. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, that's so that, smart yeah, to yeah, have people in on it.
2: Yeah, actually, my first haunted house, um, there was a, uh, it, uh, we had something called Mutant Madness uh, in the playground of the rec center in Lake Jackson. And uh, there was a, a zombie apocalypse thing going on out there. Uh, but, the Lake Jackson, uh, fire department was part of, uh, putting on the haunted house with me because I was a former paramedic and that was part of my crew back then, my peeps. And so, um, that actually the fire department, you know, responded with a, uh, with a stretcher with the Lake Jackson fire department, uh, uh, ambulance with, and, and they went in and pulled out a body, you know, and the, the leg flops out that's all mutilated as they're coming out, you know, from oh the rec God. center. That's good. You go far, man. Yeah. No, you know. You do it right, I guess. I guess so. They, 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 you know, so the, the best thing about the haunted house, though, is the family. The family is the haunted house. So we ha- we have a lot of people who love this as much as I do. Or, you know, they love it more than I do. They're just, they're way into what they do. And, uh, and we just got a great crew.
1: Yeah, do new ideas every year or is it y'all kind of stick to one structure
2: we're always we're always working on stuff you know trying to figure out and the the main thing um, too about the way we do it is we try to, to hit on all points of the show so so we tried so there's three different haunted houses right we have a world of oddities uh, for classic PT Barnum uh, the Fiji mermaid and the uh, the uh, uh, Chupacabra is in there. There's all sorts of stuff in there. A little alien. Uh, and then, um, you know, we do three different shows on the property outside, inspired by, like, Renfest style. So uh, there's my show, uh, the freak show that I'm in. Uh, and that show does four different shows a night. They're not the same. So we do the classic side show, the sharp and pointy show. Everything in that show is sharp and are pointy. The fire show. Everything in that show is on fire. And then the extreme sideshow, where there's extreme sideshow acts that you're not really going to see anywhere else that are signature acts uh, that mainly my more senior uh, performers uh, do that are pretty intense. Although I might add some of that stuff I just started doing to it. So, um, yeah. Um, And then, then we have aerialist performers on the front property, you know, doing aerial stuff, silks, poles, lyra. And then we have other fire performers that are constantly going on another part of the prop. So we have three different stages of shows outside of three different haunted houses. Uh, there's also a, uh, a world of oddities. I mean, I mean the, uh, um, the Voodoo Lounge. And the Voodoo Lounge is a dance club, so you can kind of cleanse your palate. Because you can't stay up and intense the whole time, you know your adrenaline's all tapped out. So, get in there, work the pole. You know, go up against our house dancers, which are a crew. We got a serious crew of house dancers that will that will dance with the best of them. You know, a dance crew style in competition. So you can go up against our dancers and see. You know. Uh, and then you know, once your palate's cleansed, you go into another haunted house. Ah! Okay, yeah, golly, uh, a lot of thought we, put into. Yeah, that. yeah. So we have psychics on on site. Uh, there's an escape room uh, that it's not usually during the haunted house, but um, that's also on site. We have gift shops, um, actually multiple, including uh, two gift shops, a uh, uh,
0: then a t-shirt shop. Um, we have uh, it's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. How big is the property? Because I it didn't, I didn't know it was this big. Where you got it's, three different shows? It's on.
2: several acres and it's shaped like an iceberg. So, okay. uh, you know that what you see is the tip of the property, and uh, it expands as it goes in. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know what? I can totally see you doing like how kind of like RenFest has evolved. You making this multi-week uh, weekend of just like a Halloween festival, like and start it here. Like locally and it'll grow like, you know, like, like, like Renfest where you go, you bring your kids or whatever, and then you have this whole town set up, but it's all like spooky Halloween based. Well,
2: I mean, that's the whole idea. Right. So, so we don't call it a haunted house. We call it a haunted attraction. Yeah. So creepy hollow is a haunted attraction.
1: Cause you're, you're more than just a haunted house. You're doing all these other things. Right, right, right.
2: And it's all, and it's all, it's all part of, uh, entertaining the people. So it's about being entertaining.
1: Yeah. Because when Ren comes around, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like, I get the, I get the itch, and I want to go and walk around, and then go camping and all that. I could see like something growing here that morphs into something that doesn't exist right now. Like, it doesn't. It's, it's like that uh, multi-month weekend where you're going and and being something else. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Oh no. Yeah, I love that.
1: That'd be so cool. And you have the manpower for it too. You have 150, 200 people that are devoted to this thing. It's like. It's awesome. You could do something like that.
0: How much inspiration do you take from, from Hollywood? It sounds like you don't like incorporate. So we specifically do not mm.
2: uh, use anybody else's copyrighted uh, trademarked characters. We, mm. we make all original characters. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why like our, um, and all of our characters have backstories and, and uh, psychiatric traits. And uh, there's a, we do character development. Um, we have, Workshops with our people, um, and, the, and but most of it comes from their twisted minds and hearts. So they're allowed to express themselves, and we find people that really like to express themselves.
1: Yeah. How often are y'all meeting? Uh, a lot of
2: places don't let you do that, and so but we we encourage and and uh, you know support it.
1: What's that? How often do y'all meet to like uh, get on the same page and.
2: Oh, it varies, but we have different meetups throughout the year to uh, to keep it going, you know. So, we, we have our parties, and then we have our off-season openings, and then we have meetups where we just get together to do stuff together.
1: That's awesome. What,
0: what's the the biggest character or the most popular character that you have at Creepy Hollow that everyone every year is like, hey, where's this, th- this person at?
2: Uh, we have a lot of really good characters. Um, there's uh, uh, probably the most well-known characters, Relic the Clown uh and hey he's a big uh we have a lot a lot of our clowns and a lot of our characters um stream too so they have a uh, large streaming presence uh and uh, uh so you can look him up relic the clown um and then we have uh it's a, a lot of different characters
1: that's awesome
2: skeet the clown man i feel Willy like vodka
1: scabs too right that's scabs your- the clown yeah that's a good name. When are you gonna make a movie? We, we, I
0: feel like you are writing a movie or something one day. Well, uh, yeah, uh, there are things in the works that have happened, things that are, are happening. We yeah. we
2: have a we have movies that we've made uh, in house that you can see, and uh, um, yeah, there is uh, there is there is stuff that I can't talk about. That uh, is pretty cool stuff going down. Mm. Pretty exclusive,
0: Teasing. huh? Teasing me, huh? You don't want to give us the deets?
2: I uh, well, I can't yet. Yeah,
0: you could. You don't have to. You can just go like this. Right. So you gotta sign that, uh, you go like
1: that. yeah you uh so you have a film crew um uh,
2: yes so we work with uh one life moment studios that have done a lot of work with us if, if you check out our our youtube page you'll see some really really good um, um videos and stuff that we've done with them so
0: that's great how many subscribers you got on youtube
2: you know what? That's a that's a question for my business partner. He can tell you that. He right tell you right. all that? Yeah, he knows all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm i d- I'm just into burning stuff and throwing <laughs> knives and
1: <laughs> I would have never guessed you did all that either. So we uh,
2: yeah, so uh yeah, so we all like complement each other and some people are stronger in some areas and some people are stronger in others and and we all come together as a crew to make it happen. That's good, man.
1: Yeah. You have a lot of talent. You'll have to like that's what I was saying, like that whole weekend thing or whatever that thing is, you'll have enough to just be something bigger. It seems like. Yeah.
2: Well, I like, I like it. I like, I like the way we're doing it. So, yep. um, whatever that thing is, it, it'll be the thing we are, uh, just, it's actually, as you can imagine, quite expanded from yeah. you know the beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: go Good. Um, yeah. uh, are there plans to, cause you're, you're way out here away from a lot of people. Do you want to get, towards houston more no, we, we
2: actually like this location because yeah. it's creepy as hell mm. uh, but now um the people are all just coming and packing in around us so we're going to be surrounded by, yeah, it's by true by a base of uh customers here pretty soon so
0: do you get people from uh, different parts of the country coming in to to experience it absolutely
2: yeah yeah, we've we've had people from from uh, both coasts fly in just to see us. Holy cow! Uh, we we've, we've had people fly from uh, internationally to come see us.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, dude!
2: You actually
1: won a, a award recently, right? Yes.
2: So, uh, Creepy Hollow received the uh, Oscar. Uh, so it's like Oscar <laughs> of Scaring from the Haunted House Association uh, for a professional haunted house. So um, I was I did. There was a lot of different Oscars, but in the classification of professional haunted house, I only saw one, and that was the one we were given for the year, so that was pretty cool. was
0: awesome.
1: That's really good. Did you yeah. have to go somewhere? Is that was ver- work? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to
2: St. Louis, yeah. uh, and uh, St. Louis is where they have the uh, Trans World, which is a huge haunting convention, um, so we're Oscar recipients, uh, and uh, that's a really huge honor. That's awesome. So you're
1: well known known in this in this world, huh?
2: Yeah. So we've been uh, kind of um, ranked as scariest in Texas for many years, and there's mm-hmm. different polls, and they put different people different places, but we're way up in the top of it, and and we've been like in the top 13 in the United States, and then just this year we got this uh, this award that was very humbling mm-hmm. to be given an Oscar by the Haunted House Association, and we really appreciate them so. Uh, going through the pandemic, um, not to bring you down, but we're coming out of it right now, which is pretty awesome. It's, it's like, uh, it's always just going to be a creep up into the right direction, right? But no pun intended, huh? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Ba-dum-bum, creepy creep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what? Uh, I have to ask you, and I'm sure you're aware of uh, like w- conspiracy stories in Texas on on haunted stuff. So, uh, right? What can you tell me about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is, okay. that real? Is that a so, real thing that happened yeah, in Texas? Yeah, yeah.
2: So, Ed Gein, what can I tell you about Ed Gein? I guess that's okay. His name. So, yeah, Ed, so that's a real story, okay? Um, but it wasn't a family of people with chainsaws, okay? Uh, this was a guy who liked to take um, women's skin and make clothing out of it. And so he would, um, un, he would dig up freshly buried uh, corpses and uh, take their skin and uh, create a uh, a girl suit. Yeah. Wow. so that this actually happened in Texas, yes. That was
0: inspired that inspired the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Mm.
1: So they they yeah. just hollywoodified it a little bit. Well, I mean, you know.
0: Uh, yeah. See, I thought that the story was there was a family that owned a gas station that fed people you know, human Evil? sausage. Well, that's pretty standard Texas, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> gotta check the source. What, I guess. Yeah. What a, what's another story that um that is common? I, I bring up Texas Chainsaw Massacre because of the movies. But so
2: you know you hear this story all the time about um someone that's an actual psychotic person finding their way into the haunted house environment and um then actually killing someone and placing them in the scene. And um, the people are coming by and they don't even know that that's a real person there. True story. I don't know. you be the judge.
0: Well, I'm not going to your fucking place. Fine uh-huh. No, no, you, you,
2: you, it's a, that's a story that you hear. If you're asking me about a yeah. con- common. Uh, now there's also a pretty interesting urban legend that occurs. And that is, I'll be talking to people and they say, yeah, I used to work at a haunted house and I'm like, well, that's great. And then, and then they'll tell me, well, it was a, 13 story haunted house okay this is the urban legend i don't know why they tell me they work there but whatever so or they say i went to a haunted house once or i heard there was this haunted house i heard there was this haunted house but i've heard people even get more first person with it and i'm like really because i'm feeling some smoke blowing in a weird place (laughs) but i heard there was yeah i heard there was this haunted house it's 13 stories tall and a lot of people played off of that some really good haunted houses include the the 13th and the 13th floor, the 13th uh, gate, uh, uh, the 13th story. But, but the urban legend to this thing is it's a 13-story tall old hotel, okay? And if you make it up to the top, they'll give you your money back. <laughs> if you make it to the top, they'll give you your money back. Some people say um, when you, um, if you get too scared, you can jump out the window and they got some airbags for you to land on outside Uh, and then so uh yeah but i've never found this place though
1: oh but you've heard it from multiple people
2: it's an urban legend so if anybody ever is telling you that story then you know kind of get a little deeper into it you know uh get down to the details with them because uh i've never seen the actual place exist i hope someone actually builds it someday Uh, good luck to them to find a 13-story building to make a haunted
0: house in but uh um it's a urban legend I love those urban legend movies um, the one that always gets me still to this day is when someone's driving and it's kind of at night but their lights are off and you flash their lights at them. you're not supposed to do that have you heard that one I think so tell me more about this well supposedly if you flash the lights at this person who doesn't have the lights on them or is, is driving without the lights off right they'll turn around and come chase you and kill you so it's pretty scary yeah, didn't seen that movie, the urban legend movie where they. Good luck that? running my truck off the road. <laughs> yeah, your truck maybe. Yeah, not Mike's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure you know more. We
0: got to yeah. get. I want to get scared before before we end this thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Give me some true ones though. What's a? Is there a, a scary place around Missouri County that's like haunted?
2: Okay. So, um, are you guys familiar with the Ghosts Along the Brazos?
0: Yeah. Is
1: it a drunk guy that walks around?
2: Uh, no, so, so, yeah, the uh, lantern, yeah, yes, yes, it is, so um ghost along the Brazos was written by um I think it's Mary moody, and uh um, and there there's different hauntings in the Brazos port area now, just let's take this back in perspective you you remember the 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 storm of uh nineteen hundred that uh rolled through Galveston and flattened Galveston, mm no. Okay, well, in Galveston, and in uh, like 1904, there was a huge hurricane, and uh, most of the city was was flattened. The entire orphanage killed, and uh, uh, it's so many, so many people died, and homes collapsed, and just um, only um, only very few places actually survived. They had the elevation for it. Well, that didn't just happen in Galveston. It was a big hurricane. It hit Brazoria County. Do you ever wonder why you don't see Tons of old plantation houses around. Why you don't see a bunch of big old houses here?
1: I guess not. You don't see them, do you? Not because they got
2: wiped out. Mm. They got wiped out by that storm. So the paranormal activity in this area is actually quite high because of the you know the amount of death and you know destruction that happened with all that. Um, Now, in the Ghosts Along the Brazos, um, they tell the story of Britt Bailey. Uh, which is actually kind of an interesting story. Britt Bailey was a contemporary of Stephen F. Austin, landowner in that time. Um, uh, they knew each other, um, and he was a he was a bit of a jerk. Um, and uh, Britt Bailey wanted to be buried standing up. So um, I don't know if you've ever tried to dig that kind of a hole, but at that time uh, they actually had slavery, and uh, um, he also wanted to be buried with a bottle of whiskey. Okay. Cause he, he liked to drink uh, as you can imagine. So uh, his, his uh, uh, slave was out there and dug the uh, dug the hole so that it would be a vertical grave. But you know why he was doing that. And he, he got pretty thirsty and he drank that whiskey and put the empty bottle in there. Well, Britt Bailey didn't take too kindly to that. And he came back as a poltergeist. So the poltergeist, which is a, like a, a, a glowing orb, uh, uh, had, was seen for a long time in Brazoria County, um, and there are certain roads uh, right out there in Bailey's Prairie uh, where you know you could just have this orb like uh, coming around, going through you, floating around. It could be seen. Um, so yeah, there was the actual poltergeist in our area of Britt Bailey, and he was searching. Uh, he was searching for his. Uh, bottle of want of whiskey. whiskey yeah so if you ever do see uh Britt bailey coming uh just give him some whiskey
0: that's so funny have you ever experienced paranormal stuff personally okay
2: wow cool you're asking so many great questions so um maybe one of the things that twisted me into this existence is when i was a kid my dad uh bought a used piece of property that was an old farmhouse and the farmhouse was owned by a school teacher and it had a big old farmhouse there was like there was like three stories and then there was even like a fourth story that was an attic um and and that house the previous owner was very paranoid so she had multiple locks on the front door you know like the door lock the deadbolt lock the slide lock the chain um all on her front door well She died on her front porch on the other side of all those locks. And when we moved into the house, there was a big blood stain on the front porch. So she did not die gently. Um, Someone completely, you know, drained her blood contents on the front porch of this house that my dad bought. On the cheap, by the way. He got a good price for this place. (laughs) On the cheap. (laughs) Yeah. He got got this whole, like, farm. We had a barn and, you know. uh, Hell of a deal. And a ghost. Uh, But in that i when i was uh i was five and i could feel i could feel her presence in the house now it's not weird that i could feel the presence because this was an estate sale so we got this house with all her stuff uh like so she was a teacher so i had a lot of her teaching books and stuff like that that i would you know uh, use as a kid you know but yeah i i felt her presence there numerous numerous times and i i uh And, uh, that's what my dad gets for buying that house because I would leave my, my bedroom in the attic of this old farmhouse to come down and sleep with my parents on more than one occasion. What, what specifically did you you feel? So I was five, right? That was a long time ago. I, I just remember, you know, just like this, this cold, eerie feeling that when it would come across you where all your hairs raise up on end and you could tell that, you know, something was there.
1: You're not alone.
2: Now it could have been her. Could have been what killed her. Maybe she was killed by the house before we got there. I never really thought of that until now.
0: Mm. That reminds me of that movie. I forget what it's called now. But there's been a bunch of them where a family will move into a house mm. that is yep. obviously got something on. Emmonyville. No, I don't know if Emilyville Horror was a real movie. This one had to do with aliens, I think. But the kids, the like one of the kids, know would start sleepwalking. And then the parents would wake up and everything in the kitchen was stacked on top of each other. Like the chairs. Would right, be right. That's poltergeist. That's poltergeist? Yeah.
2: Well, it was. No, that's a poltergeist. Okay.
0: I'm not saying. Yeah. Well, one of those kids were abducted. And it was ba- as a movie based on a true story. And the, the, the kid was never found. It was out of the house. The house was like, there was lights beaming inside the house. The parents were locked in the bedroom. And like the kid just walked out of the room. Mm-hmm. We walked out of the room that was the last time they they ever seen him. You ever seen those stories about with UFOs? No. Walk
1: into the light,
0: Caroline. It's said based on a true story, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Loosely based. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That what, what do you think about like the the actual movie the poltergeist like they they talk about most of the people that were in that movie passed away with some in some weird way. You've heard of that, right?
0: No. Mm-mm. You guys got all the dirt. No,
1: man. We expect
0: you to have all these. Yeah. yeah. What spe- about, what's I'm the more one? of an action guy? What's the only oh, uh, action? We, we heard that. Are you? All right. Let's settle this. I didn't right believe now. that. You're, you're a comedy guy, right? Uh, to a degree. Okay. You know Oops. where I'm going with that. Oh, right? shit. Uh-oh. Right. I've done this in a while. Are you Adam Sandler, a comedy guy? Or hold on. I'm not finished yet. No,
2: no. no I've seen, I, I, I like prom-
0: almost everything he's made. So, do you prefer him or do you prefer Jerry Seinfeld? Adam Sandler, for sure. All right, oh, well, the podcast is done. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: guy wants everybody to like uh, Seinfeld, and he will not watch Happy Gilmore or really? Billy Madison.
2: No, oh, man, he's got so much good work. You should watch it all.
1: He just watches the older stuff or the newer stuff that's, like, not as good, and I just he has to do those core movies.
2: I just saw this one that had uh, – um, who's the guy cruising in the 5.0 – Cruising down the street. Wait, Cruising uh, the 5.0. Whatever. Ice. Ice. Oh, Ice, uh,
0: ice Cube. Ice Cube.
2: Uh, no, Ice. Vanilla Ice? Vanilla Ice. Yeah, Vanilla oh. Ice was in his last one. He was his best friend. It had such a twisted plot. It was great. Yeah? Yeah, you should see that
1: one. I forgot you're real theatrical, so you probably really appreciate how movies are constructed and all that. Huh? Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. I started looking at things differently now that I'm doing videography. Right. I look at, like, you know, where, where's the camera in the scene? Or where's... Where's the audio? Like, where are they getting this from? How are the cameras not in the same? How are you not able to see the camera? Or, like, where are they at? It's, it's, or point of view or how, how they shape the story. It's exactly, it's so, it's so much to, to think about. What well, once you start looking at it, it's, it's, things start to make more sense.
2: How does the storyline connect and come back around? And
1: yeah, it's a real talent to do that. And I think people watch movies and they're just like, um, they think, I don't know, I, I think that's my opinion. When I used to watch them, I didn't put much thought in how they were constructed, but it's it, it's a real talent to think of all those uh, things that have to come together and to make a good movie. Yeah,
2: when it all comes together right, then you're like, you know, and when it's not, you know it isn't, whether you analyzed it or not.
1: Pretty yeah. quick, too, you know, when a bad movie's yeah. happening.
0: <laughs> but. Stuff. All right, man. Well, how can, so when's the next big... Uh, event happening so
2: we're open friday the 13th and and uh saturday the 14th this month of of uh may so uh, uh we'll be out there everything running full tilt
0: what are the hours when you're when you're open uh
2: we start at uh uh at about dusk and we run
0: till um like 11 30 all right man cool You got social media and you do all that good stuff?
2: Oh, absolutely. So uh, um, if you look at Creepy Hollow Haunted House, you'll find a lot of different performers that come off of Creepy Hollow. Uh, uh, My particular uh, Creepy Hollow performer page for Facebook is Creepy Hollow uh, at Creepy Hollow Chris P. Clown. (laughs) Chris P. Yes. Uh, Chris P. 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 Clown. The P stands for Painproof Proboscis Probing Impalement pyromaniac, but you can pretty much use any P that you want to. Uh, <laughs> you could say, I'm phenomenal. Or, wow, that was psychedelic. You could say, what a pussy. Why won't you tell <laughs> that? I was I'm like, Scabs will do that. I won't do that. You I know? like this guy, man. Yeah. yeah, pandemic, just whatever.
0: I can't keep up with him.
1: He's good. I don't I know if ever, I have what it takes to hang
0: out with him. I can never tell if you're, like, bullshitting me or telling me the truth. So.
1: And I think I, that's, then, that's
0: I, then we've come full circle.
2: <laughs> I don't think he knows. That's actually that's my initials B S Baker. You know, my yeah, my dad did that on purpose. So. <laughs> well, man, we had a good time with you, man. Thank All you. All right, hey, thanks, thanks for coming Thank, on. Thanks for having me in, fellas. All right, man. bye.